This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? Episode 44 in the house. It's going to be a good one. We got Wellborn, Summers, Callie, and Playtech. What's happening? What's up, Denny? What's going on? Hey! I'm fired up. I don't know if it's all the coffee or if it's finally we're getting some decent weather, but I'm ready to roll. I'm jacked. <laughs> don't wake up your don't wake up your kids. Dude, it they gotta suffer. The kids gotta suffer. This is this is real life. This is the real shit right here. That's right, Denny. Give them the give them the hardships they need. <laughs> Man, so what's going on with you guys? Was that competition this weekend or is it is it coming up? It's this Saturday. This Saturday, you ready? Yeah, so we have two people watching right now. You two people need to go to Winters or ShakedownSeries.com. First, find two other people to yeah. listen to this. Okay, we have four now. <laughs> ShakedownSeries.com slash best team name poll with dashes in between. Are we winning for Balboa Jacked? I'm looking for a retweet from Wellborn. Can we retweet that? Uh, why don't you just post it on the football site? We have, it. yeah. Have you? Yeah, go on, but you're you're more popular than CrossFit football. So if, if you have Facebook, go on Facebook on the CrossFit football page, Can you and you'll tweet see it right it. now, and I'll retweet it. It's the last CrossFit football tweet. What we lack in metabolic conditioning, we gain in a strong team name and a strong team network, and also like hair length. Well, <laughs> <laughs> spring kind of stuff. It's a bit of it's a bit above average. Hey, did you see some dude on Twitter is using our CrossFit football helmet as his icon? Yeah. I like it. It's, we have fans. We have great design. It's just them paying homage, CrossFit Football Nation. So yeah, Denny, that's what's that's what's going on. We got that this Saturday. I've been leaning out for a while. Saturday. So, so it's gonna be. Uh, we got what the first. The so first event was posted. Yeah. So the eight thousand double unders, four hundred and seventy-five <laughs> toes to bar, seven hundred ninety-nine double unders, one toes to bar. Sounds <laughs> reasonable. That yeah. is uh, a time cap. Yeah, it's yeah, it's actually a three-minute cap, so it's how far you get in three minutes. It's uh, it's not exactly that, but it's a variation of that. Now it's um, it's it is uh, basically like a team chipper with a fourteen-minute cap, and it has. And then in the fifteenth minute, you have to set yourself on fire. <laughs> so it's it's going to be hard to make up workout number two. But you know what? They're going for broke. They're going to win at the first. Well, this workout. is the last workout you set yourself on fire. Yeah. Oh, that is. It's set yourself on fire. Yeah, every time. they fixed it after the last. Oh, okay. My okay. approach all along has been just to set yourself on fire from the very beginning of the <laughs> workout. Like uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, we'll get this. So, so we have a we have a great plan for the rope climbs. There's a, a part in the workout where there's 12 rope climbs. You're supposed to complete them as a team, which is totally fine, but we got it in our heads that we're way smarter than the competition. So I basically, I, I kind of reached back into my cheerleading history and I taught the guys how to do like a basket toss and I shit you not, 
I shit you not, two days ago, we worked on basket tossing us up. I reach and I grab the top of the rope, and all I have to do is reach up and tap the, the ceiling. And then she lets go, and we catch on the floor. And then I just let go. And then reset. And then reset right into nice. it. Nice. It saves so much energy, and I don't see how that's wrong. <laughs> well, you know where you are? That's a, it's, that's a whole it's, new level of kipping. It, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, it's preparing for the unknown and the unknowable. It's teamwork mm -hmm. is what it is, and yeah. I think we're, we might try to we might try to bring that out for maybe like the last rope climb just to see if we're no repped. We mm -hmm. just, we want to be the the team that, you know, has a presence, that's doing things outside the norm. I'm so surprised that standards. you were a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Within the standards, though, which is important. I mean, you do rock a ponytail a lot. I so. do. I rock a high ponytail. It's true. So is Luna go? Uh, no, uh, un unfortunately, I have to go work. It's <laughs> so probably better to, that you don't. Yeah, because I, if, they come across, to... if they come across some shitty judging, you're going to be right back in the situation you were last time. Yeah, no, it's better. No, I, I have to go to Katy, Texas, so these guys get to stay here and play and have fun. And, yeah, uh, we're, and, we're that team that our, our dad never shows up, and it's just like our coach is never there. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, i got to go to Katy, Texas. I think we got about 40 new souls in Katy. That's and, right, uh, with so, Tex. Yeah, so I'm going with Tex and uh, Carl oh, nice. Case. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's going nice. to lift his butt down there and uh, stand around and not, not be able to demo anything, so... Great job on booking him, Luke. That's right. He needs What's he wrong? needs to lead warm ups. Who's that? I don't think he can even bend his knee, can yeah, he? Yeah, he's squatting. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you gotta keep a you gotta keep a thumb on the pulse of your coaches, John, but it's a good thing that I got that taken care of. Yeah, good. <laughs> he's good. He's good, ready good, to run. Follow his Facebook page. You'll learn everything. But uh Yeah, so it's a busy weekend. Literally like all of our coaches are tied up. Uh half play, half work, but really work is play when you love what you're doing, right, John? Yeah. Oh my god. What? <laughs> I quit. What else have we got coming out of I quit. I'm quitting. You can't quit. Uh, let's see. I I had our programmer over in our office all day yesterday, 8 a.m. to like 8.30, 9 p.m. last night. We have everything installed. Uh, I have a short list of people who are going to go through and, and validate and, and start to seed the site with content, go through the forums, make sure everything's legit, beta test on different browsers and uh, different computers and find all the bugs and fixes, and then we're going to go live in a about a week, which is a week behind schedule because little did you know, a year ago in history, on Monday, the site Power Athlete HQ was launched for the first time, so that would be February 17th was our, our year birthday. And also the like 30 year anniversary or 50 year anniversary of pro 80 year anniversary of prohibition. When did prohibition end? Oh yeah, uh, prohibition in the 30s, right? Yeah, like I think 19 February 17th, 1930. So it just so happens that that yeah, our anniversary coincides with the anniversary of the end of prohibition. So we're I don't know how they, these two things are directly correlated, <laughs> but I'm sure we can come up with a theme party for that. <laughs> but uh, so everything's everything's rolling. So it's good. The site is going to be up in a week. It's a lot of Barring any, yeah. any major hiccups with this beta group, which uh, uh, Steve and Denny, you guys are going to be a part of. A lot of positive things going on. That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, good news Good news from the Wellborn forefront. His, his home fiasco is coming to a, a close as well, so he's going to be... 
freed up a little bit. You want to share a little on that? Did John? you end uh, up just nuking it and then just starting over? What's that? Did you just nuke your house and then start over? Oh, it was so it was such a terrible thing. Uh, Are you still working went, on your roof? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, so man. when we went to Argentina, I think as I was leaving to go to Argentina on the plane, my wife calls me and tells me she finds a, she found a leak in our bathroom. So I told her to call the plumber and get the leak fixed. Turns out the plumber comes over and is like, your shower pan's leaking, and there's uh, some other bigger problems with some mold. So we came home and um, had to call some mold remediation people, and they demoed the bathroom. Come to find out that the person who built the shower didn't, when they built the shower pan, just poured a concrete form over the uh, foundation. Like no hot mop, no shower liner, and then used drywall for the walls. No moisture barrier, no sheetrock, no dura rock, no hardy back. Just basically took drywall and put the tiles over it and then just rocked the shower. And the ceiling fan that they had did not vent to the outside. It vented to the to the, uh, the crawl space, the attic above. So we demoed the bathroom down to studs. We had mold remediation, had to go in there and clean it. And we started reconstructing the bathroom. And about like a week into it, I was kind of, um, you know, typical form. I, you know, as the homeowner who's paying the bill, I felt that I should be able to uh, make some suggestions to the contractor. And, you know, I'd like some things done a certain way. And I'm a little critical. And the contractor quit after a week. <laughs> so uh, no contractor, no workers, nothing. And basically a bathroom and studs. And I'm looking at this thing, and uh, my wife was like, uh, basically, what are we going to do? This is terrible. you got to go apologize. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> apologizing to these fucking people. Um, they're fucking crooks, and they suck. So I took it on myself to general contract it. So I called Roger, who's our lifeline, and uh, Roger uh, was able to grab me some buddies um, who were union guys, union plumbers, and brought them in, and we... I literally jackhammered out the floor. We, we those guys redid all the plumbing, and then we brought in an electrician. He rewired it, uh, rebuilt the shower, completely redid it, laid all new tile, pimped this thing out. In the meantime, we redid the uh, the roof and redid a bunch of the siding, uh, tankless water heaters, uh, demoed the HVAC area, and turned that into an office. And then, uh, as we were coming to a close, my wife said, "You know, if that bathroom looks so bad, I wonder what the girls' bathroom looks like." So I was like, oh, let me go poke around. So I got a, a crowbar, and I started kind of banging in the walls. And I, I put the uh, crowbar through the ceiling, just kind of checking the drywall. Was that on and purpose or just like a, No, I did. I, I, literally, I Well, I, I just kind of like was taking the crowbar and just kind of poking holes. I'm like, I can always go back and fix drywall holes. Yeah. So I poke a hole in the ceiling, and water fell on my head. And it hadn't rained in two months. So I was like, fuck. So I started tearing down drywall. Turned out that the uh, when they did the roof, the guy missed a piece of like the flashing. We had a little bit of a leak, but we also found some mold in that bathroom. So took that down to the studs, gutted it, uh, called the mold, re re mold remediation people back, um, redid the window, redid the plumbing, and today I was hanging uh, hardy back and moisture barrier, got it hot mopped, did everything, and the guys that are finishing had to get the AC redone. So I'm like. 10 weeks on this project that basically started with like a leak in the bathroom but what's good is we fixed everything and uh, uh, it'll look awesome when it's done but it pretty much pulled me out because I was there either doing it or managing it uh, pretty much seven days a week for the last like 10 weeks um, so uh, in hindsight I should have just kept my fucking mouth shut and uh, not micromanage the person but I mean if you're a contractor and uh, the homeowner is paying the bill 
starts making some suggestions and micromanaging a little, you should be able to be like, hey, that's fine, just do it, just don't fucking walk off the job. But due to some pride or ego, I probably should have either gone and found somebody new, but in typical Luke Summers, John Wellborn fashion, what are we going to do? Do it yourself. Fucking do it ourselves. Fuck you. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, it's, it's what we do with everything. Like, there's probably an easier way, but then at the end of the day, like, at least now I can say everything's perfect. Everything was done exactly the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm one person to blame. Yeah, there's what only one person to blame. What kind of suggestions wouldn't this guy take? Um, well, Anybody out there who's listening to this has ever dealt with a general contractor. The way general contractors make money is they usually bid a job, but they know that the job is going to have a lot of extras because once they get into this onion, they know how many layers it is. They know that there's that the homeowner's going to want to make changes, and they always it just is how a fucking job works. So you bid the job, and you realize you're probably going to make another 25 to 50% on add-ons and extras and changes, and this we encountered this and this. So the guy came in way too high on the bid, and I told him, I was like, hey, dude, you're going to make this money on me, but, dude, don't start here because I'm going to be here, and that's outside my budget. And the person, and then we kind of went back and forth, and then um, the way they wanted to do the shower, I actually wanted to uh, sink the shower pan, so I wanted, like, a level uh, a, a bathroom, you know, where the shower pan's level with the floor. And then I just wanted to do glass around it, and they wanted to dig it out and go deeper. And I was like, dude, don't do that. I want it done this way. And the person was like, no, I, I, we, this is the way we want to do it. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, I'm the homeowner. I'm paying the bill. Do it exactly the way I want. And also, I, I wanted a uh, moisture barrier. I wanted hardy back. I wanted, uh, uh, you know, I wanted it hot mopped. And then I wanted to do um, a red guard. And I wanted to just basically bulletproof this thing, like go way fucking overboard so that uh, there's never a chance of water leaking mold. I mean, there's probably six steps that I didn't have to do, but I was like, well, fuck it. If we're here and it's easier, just do it this way. And the person like was like, well, I don't want to be micromanaged. And then uh, they never showed up again. Oh, man, that's bullshit. Was so, like you were asking for too much? No, I just wanted it done perfect. But John's <laughs> bedside manner uh, or his, like, you have to be able to interpret while borning it. Mm-hmm. Right, because oh, no, very few requests come without insults. <laughs> Interpret Melbournean. <laughs> but uh, I'm just, just messing around. Yeah, I mean, dude. if you're standing over the guy with your arms crossed, and he's like, it's like Rocky Balboa standing in front of Thunderlips in Rocky Three, and you're well, kind of imposing your will on him, then yeah, he's gonna he's well, gonna get a little bit of Napoleon syndrome. Yeah, well, fuck, dude, I'm paying the bill, um, and I want it done a certain way, and I want the work done to a certain standard. I mean, I you know I, I don't want to fucking half-ass shit. I mean, this isn't like it isn't like I'm grabbing some dude off Home Depot. These guys were charging Newport Beach, uh, fucking Beverly Hills prices. And the other thing that pissed me off is the dude that came in, uh, the contractor. Um, when they came in, uh, I asked the guy for his license number, and he told me he wasn't licensed. And I was like, Hey, dude, if you're gonna fucking come at me with with prices like this, you better have a fucking cons- uh, contractor's license. That's a huge like, problem. Yeah, yeah huge. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking hiring, uh, you know, non-contracting dude. I'm like, dude, I, I gotta take pictures to my insurance, and they're gonna ask me for a contractor's license. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm like, dude, uh, this bill should be about fifty percent of what you're charging me if it's uncontracted, because I don't take the fucking hit. So, fuck the fuck you. So what do we fuck do? Those we just, guys. Yeah. Fuck contractors. Danny, you'd fit right in. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, well, the thing is, no. I, at one point, I was like a, I wasn't a general contractor, but I worked with enough of them. And you're right; they fucking mark everything up, and then well, they drag uh, everything out. And yeah, you wanted that bed or that bathroom bulletproofed, he could have milked that out and got a little bit of extra money. 
Well, that and also I, you know, like my deal too is I would wake up early and I'd go like clean up or I'd be like, hey, let me see your material list. And then I'd just go to Home Depot and buy it because I'm like, hey, dude, work starts at 6. You show up at 6 and you go to Home Depot for two fucking hours and work starts at 8. Why don't you start working and I'll go to Home Depot and get everything? And they, they didn't like that because they were, you know, I'm, I'm just like, dude, I don't really care. I just want it done faster. And But we ended up getting the roof done. We built an office. We built that bathroom. We almost done with this bathroom. We did it in um, about 10 or 12 weeks. And we came in at about 60% of what they quoted me. And that didn't include any electrical or plumbing. So I came in way under budget, got it done exactly the way I wanted, did it cheaper, saved some dough, and did it fucking awesome. And um, fuck those guys. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Way awesome. So that's what I've been doing with, and poor Luke is ready to actually strangle me, and I'll have to take him out and buy him a drink to thank him for uh, fucking standing by while I got this done. But, you know, well, like, dude, like, when it comes to your family, dude, like uh, after seeing that mold in my house, I felt like a piece of shit as a father that like I had mold in my house and I didn't know it. And that, my wife and I basically slept in our family room, pulled our bed in the family room because the bathroom was near our bedroom and there was no basically walls up for like two months. So it was like 40 degrees in her bedroom. So we were sleeping in the family room for like two months. So, I mean, at that point, you're like, I got my family sleeping in my family room. And my kids have mold in the house. So I'm like, you know what? I got to take some, uh, some steps to make do. sure that this shit never happens again. You know, because obviously the people that were there before hired just some asshole from Home Depot. You know, who's was like, oh, yeah, I can build a bathroom. And the guy completely screwed him. Or they just did a shitty job and sold the house, you know. But I, I, don't, I don't believe in that stuff. Cool. So, all right, let's get on with it. Enough of my fucking pain. All right. Well, we got we got some re a really good bobsled question, and we got some anterior pelvic tilt. All right. Well, let's start with the bobsled because actually go with the bobsled. All right. You want to read the question? Adam Dugan. He he emailed. Now, Steve, is this your buddy? Playtech. On mute. He's on mute. It probably <laughs> is. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. He writes in, he says, Hey, I'm currently using CrossFit football to train for the USA bobsled team combine in August of this year. My plan is to get a good feel for it this year and really learn where I need improvement. He added a couple uh, links to what the combine movements are and then how they score. So then he goes on to say, I'll be testing for the, quote, breakman which is considered a push athlete. I yeah, would love to know guy. how power athlete team would manipulate, if you would at all, the CrossFit football program for a push athlete. Essentially, I need to be as big as possible while maintaining explosiveness and short duration all-out pushing slash sprinting. The rest well, of my job would be to hang on and hope I have a good pilot. Thanks so much. All right. Do you so, want me to go uh, through the test real quick? Yeah, well, the the test is uh, you guys would actually um, kind of laugh a little bit because uh, this is actually so far into the Power Athlete wheelhouse. Uh, I'm sure that everybody on here has probably done some version of this test in the last three weeks. So uh, it's got a 60-meter sprint from a stand, so a standing 60-meter sprint, and they take your 15 and your 30-meter splits. So that's how they basically test your 60 and they test your split for the 15 and the 30. They have a 15 to 45 meter flying start, which is you basically have 15, meter, 15 meters to accelerate. They time you at the 15 meter and then you sprint for the 30. Um, and then they have a uh, 
they basically make you push a um, yeah the bobsled for 45 meters or or a basically a version of it. It's like a sled, and then uh, they're going to score the uh, the men's bob score at only the 60 meter time, and then they have a broad jump. They have a uh, a shot toss, which is a In both a, hands, I believe. Uh, I or is it I thought point? it was a reverse throw, but I could be oh, wrong. Oh yeah, it's uh, both hands underneath like doggy style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doggy okay. style. Yeah, isn't that what you call granny style? Granny style. Oh, oh, oh get your mind thing. out of the gutter. Same explicit, thing. We have explicit rating. Yeah, grand, grandma <laughs> doggy. We'll style, we'll do that next. Um, so, so it's a shot toss uh, with a 16-pound uh, medicine ball, uh, and uh, power clean. And then it's got a power clean, one RM, and a back squat triple, heavy triple. So. Um, I first was introduced to this test and some of the, the protocols from, from bobsled in 2009-2010 when I was contacted by a guy to actually write a custom program for somebody training for the combine to go and be a professional bobsledder. And um, I didn't really know much about it, but when I looked at the, uh, the combine and I looked at the tests, it looked right in our wheelhouse. So I ended up contacting a guy over in Huntington Beach, and I cannot remember his name. I have to go look at his email that trains professional uh, Olympic bobsledders. And the guys worked with like several like of um, uh, the uh, top bobsledders in the US and the guy was you know kind of the go-to guy for me. He was right over in Huntington. So I went over, hung out with him. Uh, he showed me a bunch of his programming and a lot of the workouts that they do. And uh, I started incorporating a lot of the movements and a lot of the programming into CrossFit football. So. For tomorrow, you are going to see a workout which it has flying starts in it. I think it has 30s, 40s, and then 10 by 10 flying starts. That was one of the workouts I got from him. If you notice, we do a lot of power cleans and we do a lot of back squats. Uh, we've been doing a lot of reverse med ball tosses. Um, we do a lot of bench press. I mean, it's pretty much uh, the the bobsled type movement. You know, pushing the prowlers and doing that type of stuff. It just fits right in it. So, how would I? scale CrossFit football for, uh, for specific bobsled, I would probably just uh, incorporate, um, you know, we about every four to six weeks is when we start doing the flying starts. I'd actually start doing the flying starts one day a week. Uh, building up, I would actually do a little more of the, um, uh, some standstill starts in the 60s, somewhere circa 140, 50, 60, 70, 80 meters. I don't think I'd sprint over 80 meters. Um, I mean, would you... Would you sac you would sacrifice some of the GPP stuff we do for the demon for more SPP like sprinting? Yeah. So what I would do is I would follow. I, yeah, I would follow the strength template and I would start incorporating more sprint run stuff. So your programming would look a lot like my programming I did when I played in the NFL, which was lift heavy weights, sprint, rest and repeat on the volume and intensity model. Um, would definitely, you know, the the broad jump stuff, having that uh, horizontal displacement in the broad jump, a big part of that is learning to land in a good athletic position, mm -hmm. something that they're going to notice and something that you really need to take uh, care of with a lot of the broad jump is effectively landing, uh, good landing mechanics, which we call our squatting mechanics. So uh, that becomes a, a huge, huge deal. Um, obviously, the power clean, which we do a ton of, a ton of work on, but that ability to really get underneath the bar um, and, and then the shot toss. I imagine that's like technique too, especially if it's not something that's in like your programming regularly. What like is? The shot toss. There has to be some like you well, know level of when to release and when to you know. Well, it, uh, so 
a, a big part of the shot toss is going to always be some form of hip extension. Mm -hmm. So the the way that we were really training a lot of it was actually the reverse throws. So actually when we do that reverse throw, getting full triple extension, full extension hips, and actually really throwing, and then actually going back and forth and doing a lot of um, med ball stuff on the on the website, on the new paid back end, we're going to have all the um, the uh, upper body plyo med ball stuff that I developed. Uh, I've shown these guys, and I think we just got to film it. But we'll have a whole series on that um, with all the uh, kind of the explosive med ball stuff that I uh, with the rotation and the throws, and these guys have worked on it too. So uh, definitely things like that, working on that hand speed, but just really that ability to reach full extension, um, heavy triples. Uh, I would really stay, you know, somewhere in the 5RM, 3RM, 1RM. I don't know if I would de definitely get outside of that because, um, you know, that 3RM really plays right in that central nervous system efficiency. And Do you have what these guys are squatting? Uh, I have. They're, they're squatting I have the in scoring the, tables. Yeah, they're, they're squatting in the fives and the sixes, and usually their cleans are in the 350, 375. So in terms of the lifts, here's what the 100-point table is. Uh, for strength, clean 150 kilos, squat 200 kilos. So 440 and a 330. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty impressive when I looked at... Uh, For a triple. I should be a bobsledder. Well, I mean... <laughs> well, well, no, I was like, damn. Well, I mean, the uh, you know, if if you can squat 440 for a triple, you should be hopefully right around a 500-pound squatter, I would mm -hmm. imagine. Uh, if you can power clean 150, I mean 330. Well, it's, so. this is a full clean, isn't it? Or is it no, power it's power clean. clean. Oh, okay, that's good. That is good. <laughs> and, and then what's their broad jump? Uh, 11 feet. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's... That's somebody okay, who can so, move some weight and, oh my goodness. So, so yeah, I mean... But that's for the 100 point. That's just a 100 yeah, point if, score. If you have, I mean, if you go back and look at the NFL Combine and see how many guys broad jump, standing broad jump 11 feet, mm -hmm. you would it would not be a lot of people. I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't think I broad jump, I think I broad jumped maybe... 10 or 9, 10, maybe just shy of 10 feet. I think Sprague can do 10 feet. Yeah, and and that was working on it all the time. Yeah, he's, yeah, got, he's got 10 Yeah, he's got some hops. Um, but, uh, you know, the programming would just be more specific. I mean, there's a very, very specific, uh, you know, desire with the, the bobsled stuff. I need to be able to push this implement as fast as possible. And you have to remember that that implement actually slides on ice so just loading up a, a prowler with you know 400 pounds and pushing it, gonna it. isn't going to do it. Yeah. Um, part of the thing which we realized too is that uh, you know strength is great, but speed strength is really what you're going for. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would probably start using some chains and some bands and start doing a lot of uh, you know not necessarily dynamic work, but I'd be doing those heavy triples with chains and also bands, just working on that acceleration. I do I definitely do banded jump squats. Um, I would start really fo focusing on uh, posture and position and just, you know, a Wouldn't lot of you things. say uh, for this guy in his particular position in the bobsled, I mean, don't you think like sprint mechanics, if he has access to them, would be like a huge advantage to him because any lateral displacement or, you know, inefficiencies with a stride yeah, are going to be Well, well but, but you have to remember the stride is going to be different because he's pushing an implement. Sure. So, but even if you watch... If like, you watch the guys in the Winter Olympics now, I mean, it's all forward and back. There's no rotation. Yeah. No rotation of the shoulders and the hips. Which so is kind of, yeah. yeah. Pretty specialized. Yeah. So he's going to need some coaching from. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, and the, the best way I would know how to do it would be uh, a, like a lighter prowler sprint. Like set up like a, maybe a, a three three plates on there mm -hmm. and uh, literally work on pushing that sucker and accelerating as fast as you can. I mean, I, I think somebody shot us a question the other day asking about 
prowler push mechanics, is it better to push with your arms straight or your arms bent? And uh, watching the, the bobsled guys, um, what did you see them do? I think that they do arms bent, I want to say. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting that I think when I watched them, they had their arms bent, but at the very end, they, they yeah, push their arms yeah, yeah. and they straighten them. So, uh, you know, um, CrossFit wrote a really cool CrossFit Journal article about bobsled training. And when I read it, everything I was going through, I was like, well, sounds like a bunch of power athletes. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, it yeah. sounds exactly like our training. And I, you know, in, um, you know, it would have been awesome if the CrossFit Journal had been like, oh, yeah, this looks a lot like what John Wilborn does. And one thing, you know, one thing I do want to mention here is he's, he's really calling this athlete a push athlete. I mean, the act of pushing a sled, <laughs> I mean, still requires a lot of pulling in your training. Yes. You know what I mean? So I don't want him to confuse that either and think he, now all, he should just go push cars. And, I think he's referring to that as his yeah. position name. Yeah, that pushing yeah, well, motion. Well, but it's, it's a posterior driven movement pattern. For sure. Well, it, it is, but I mean, if you look at those, uh, if you just look at the physiques on um, on the the bobsledders, mm -hmm. what you notice about them? Quads. Massive quads. They're doing it wrong. No, I'm no, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, they had massive quads and they had huge fucking traps. Yeah. I mean, they, they were all big trap guys, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of pulling in their program. Uh, they have a lot of, um, I guarantee they don't have much change of direction. They're just all fucking mass acceleration. Those guys are built like drag cars. So, you know, big quads, big backs, big shoulders. And, uh, you know, you definitely have to have a strong upper body to be able to to get yourself in a position to be able to drive that sucker. So uh, my program, it looked like flying starts. I do a lot of, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 meter sprints. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of uh, prowler sprints if I was going to do any conditioning. And I do, like... Uh, I'd focus more on max effort type stuff instead of uh, more of a conditioning. I'd push like one on the minute, you know, 30 meters for, you know, 10 minutes, and I'd make sure that every one was faster. I'd start timing stuff. you got to remember, um, uh, you know, Tex and I have been stuck in a little bit of a rabbit hole on uh, a lot of this lactic acid and a lot of this training stuff, and um, we've been really kind of tweaking out a lot on the speed trap Charlie Francis stuff, and there's kind of a interesting thing where, uh, you know, we kind of instinctually just kind of found within the last five, six years of this program that uh, a lot of the sprint stuff that we've been doing is very similar to what Charlie Francis was doing, especially with like, hey, we need you to run over 94% of your fastest time consistently. You know, we talk about that for the max effort sprints that, hey, we need to find your fastest time and then you need to be able to run within 94% of your fastest time or we even say 95%. And if you didn't, you need to rest longer because the only way you're going to get fast is by running fast. And, um, you know, and then a lot of the tempo recovery runs that you do on the minute kind of fit within that. So um, I would definitely uh, err on the side of that big horsepower short duration guy. And I, if I was going to do any type of run stuff or uh, any type of conditioning, it would definitely be in that kind of tempo recovery sub 75%. Um, you know, just trying to, you know, work on that. But I would do nothing that would cause any conversion of fast switch to slow twitch fibers. So, so would you do, like, a... I'm sorry, I was just checking some Q&A. So you, would you do intensity-style prowler pushes mm -hmm. where you would have full recovery, um, yeah. you know, certain distances, maybe like a 50-meter yes. type deal, like yes. weight, always trying to hit a certain time time range, right? Yeah. A, loaded, a loaded sprint, essentially. Yeah, I mean, but you have to remember, because that thing is on ice and the, and the sled weighs, I, I figure out, they, I guarantee that these guys have a specific weight on the prowler with a specific surface yeah. that they know yeah. most mimics and replicates yeah. the uh, the bobsled. Yeah, a little Google. Probably some Google yeah, I mean, it, it's probably like um, a, uh, you know, 
uh, a lead FTS prowler with uh, with three plates on a cement surface or four plates on turf, let's yeah, say. On a specific turf. On a specific turf <laughs> it equals that. The other one I'd probably do is plate pushes. Uh -huh. Just because that plate push is uh, is so good on the quads, I mean those blow me up. I'm just really able to hold that good position and get in that good uh, uh, horizontal displacement. Yeah, I was co coincidentally I was just testing, uh, always trying to fuck with our members at our gym. Uh, plate pushes with two hands on ten pound plates to see what that would be all about. Harder. Uh, you go tons. You go a lot faster, obviously. Yeah, but you end up. But, you, you crash out on like a round trip just as quickly as you would with 90 pounds. Well, yeah, so. I, I thought that the 100-pound plate pushes were easier. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was more surface area and I could push it, mm -hmm. whereas the 45s, your legs start going and then I would fall. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then there's also the double 100s. No one, I didn't pull that out today. No one was up for it. But, uh, yeah, so there's Adam, Adam commented and said, hey, thanks, you know, thanks for answering. Hopefully we, had, we got all your questions uh Covered and, and get, got you some guidance there, Adam. On that, keep us posted. I don't know, it's like that's those are my numbers. Maybe I should just be a bobsledder. I think you should. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Broad jump, eleven feet. You know, you're pretty He's strong, strong. And, and you're and, and you're you're pretty explosive. The problem is, is you'd have to go see Bueller and uh, get calves turned back on. Uh huh. Um, can... So you know, Thora, what's her name? Thora, Thora, not Thora Birch. Is that her name? The the Australian uh, girl, she was just, I think she's a snowboarder. I actually met her at Bueller's place. Oh, yeah? Oh, I remember Bueller. him talking about her. Yeah. Yeah, Thora Birch. Yeah. Saying that she was going to the Olympics. She's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, Thora Birch. How do you spell his name? Bueller? Dr. Bueller. Craig With an Bueller. H. It has an H. Anywho. Okay, so what's next? <laughs> we got anterior pelvic tilt. Woo! Who does That's it? Right. Here for we the booze. Um, <laughs> he emailed in saying he's been dealing with anterior pelvic tilt. <laughs> it um, sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a venereal disease. It sounds like a venereal <laughs> disease. He's like, I went on spring break and I came back with an anterior, uh, anterior pelvic tilt. <laughs> well, he has it. I thought he's just been like dealing with it. You know what I mean? Uh, Dealing and, with it. So what do we what's our common name for anterior pelvic tilt? Crossfit guy, but yeah, it's actually um, uh, you know the problem is is it's just I, the way that I get rid of anterior pelvic tilt is I actually put a walnut between my butt cheeks and I crack crack it. <laughs> I squeeze my butt as hard as I can. I try to crack that walnut. But it's also a good way to just eat your nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's how you like things, <laughs> you know, especially doggy style. Or, or right. style. Um, well, so uh, I think it's just, I mean, it, it has to do with more with, with just position, I mean, with that hip flick. I mean, we watch people squat all the time, and their first movement is to, like, flick the hip. And what I've found is that if you squeeze your butt as hard as you can and spread the floor yeah. and just squat into it instead of trying to, like, fucking, hey, look at my ass, I'm going to present, you're usually in pretty good shape. So Yeah, if people if people stand and squat, here, let's do it. Let's just do it right now. Well, the, the, other way, yeah. the, the other way where we've effectively fixed it is, um, and I, I've done this certain many times, is when people are squatting, I've actually taken my hands and tried to push their knees together. Mm -hmm. And what they'll do is they'll drive their knees out 
and it actually uh, stops them from flicking their hips. Exactly. You can't you simultaneously can't. externally rotate your femur and, and flick your hip. It's mm -hmm. like virtually impossible. So yeah. if you get just people to do that. Um, it's like chewing gum and walking for Luke. Yeah. Can't do it. I can maybe do that. <laughs> no, let's take everyone through the drill. Let's see if they can do it. Okay, so if you are listening to this right now, first things first, that's eight of you, six now. Oh, uh, but everyone else, once you get this on Friday, stand up and just go through like that anterior pelvic tilting motion. And if you don't know what anterior pelvic tilt is, think like you're at a wedding. Stick they're, your playing, butt. they're playing jump on it, and it comes to that part where it's like, duh, 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 and you shift your hips to the right and then back. That's anterior pelvic tilt. So you can roll your pelvis forward and back. Now, what you want to do is, this is where Callie's favorite part is, spread your feet out a little bit, about shoulder width apart, put your hands on your butt or your glute medius. And what you want to do is spread the ground apart with your feet, and you'll feel your glutes lock up and flex, right? Yes. So far, so good. Mm -hmm. Now, your glutes are locked up. You're spreading the world. Now, what I want you just to try sit. and do is just tilt that pelvis a little bit. Try to tilt it like you were at a wedding, jumping around that jump on it song. And you're going, to see, you're going to see like you have no ability to... Because you're engaged. Because your yeah, hip girdle is locked in. Yeah. Now, all you got to do, do is start to coordinate and build the coordination to sit back into a squat while spreading the world apart, maintaining external rotation and abduction and a flat foot on the ground while going into hip flexion and knee flexion. It sounds really complicated, but it's not. No, no, it's, it is. It's, we'll it's give you the sitting down yeah. lesson for $10. Just, uh, yeah, externally rotate your femurs, and you will not tilt your pelvis. So, And also, anybody who has uh, hip pain, this was a huge cue for me uh, because I had a, a hip injury, like what I perceived to be in like my hip flexor. And when I started that spread the world mentality at the start of my squat, I was much more um, in, much, in a much more supported position at the bottom of the squat, and all of the pain went away. So... Uh, and I've seen that, I've given that cue to numerous people at seminars, and they're like, holy shit, I actually have a stretch reflex down here, mm -hmm. I actually feel more supported, my hip doesn't hurt, so uh, it has, it ha definitely has a lot of benefits. And we have, I mean, we have really a whole catalog to start building that skill, because it's, for some people, they just never used it, so you have to teach them. So we have our MR hip, we have our MR clamshell, mm -hmm. we have side pillar starfish, we have Captain Morgan's, and all that stuff, the good news about all that stuff is, Right now, it sounds like Greek to everybody who's never been to a seminar. Even people who've been there, you're like, fuck, how do I even do that? Dude, when, when I was uh, I was over in Hawaii working with uh, a military group two weeks ago, and uh, so for the workout, we showed up and um, put them through all the assessment stuff that we do in CrossFit football, and I hadn't actually demoed any of that stuff in a while because usually we'll usually coach people through it, and I actually demoed it, and I was like, fuck, I forgot how hard this stuff was. But sure enough... Dead bugs, no problem. But you know what was killing me was the uh, the swimmer squat to the rotations, yeah, or the uh, you know the uh, the lunge twist. twist. Yeah, you, if you don't rotate, oh, dude, I, I realized my shoulder was all locked up after mm -hmm. I was like pulling my shoulder, but uh, but so so a lot of this stuff is designed to address all these limiting factors we see in movement flaws, and uh, all that stuff is going to be cataloged, um, videotaped, movement demo, walk through uh, on on our new site. So, I mean, we're going to be able to heal some people just by sending a couple links and, you know, having an hour or two a day learning some new drills and then putting that into practice for 10 minutes before your workout. And Ingo corrected me. The song's called Apache. For those of you who don't know, 
Ingo DJs for weddings at the local VFW. Uh, I think it's only 20 bucks to get them for the night. Bar and bat mitzvahs. And bar and bat mitzvahs as well. And uh, he also is Ingo the Clown, if you have you know, young kids who want to clown for their, for their fucking birthday or whatever. Thank you, Ingo. They also call him Crazy Ingo. Yeah, he actually dresses up in the, uh, what, what was the clown outfit that... Um, uh, Penny, Pennywise? No, no, it was, uh, no, Pennywise is a band. Their band, but also the clown from It. Yeah, it's no, scary. No, 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 that was uh, Ted Bundy. Used to dress up. I think it was Ted Bundy. Yeah, no, Ted it was Bundy. Ted Bundy. Used to dress up as a clown. Big Ted Bundy fan. Huge. And, and that was the. No, uh, no, no. It's John Wayne. Gacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John John Wayne Gacy. And John that's Wayne who, Gacy. That's who the clown Chicago. from Spawn Spawn was based on. Oh, okay. Yeah, but John Wayne Gacy used to go to kids' birthdays as a clown. Yeah, that's. Oh, you know that's the. Uh, that is the same clown um, like concept. The guy from Spawn, John Leguizamo. Yeah, that's so, so. Yeah, from the movie Spawn, that's where yeah. the, uh, his costume was from John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. This is you know, pretty uh, educational. I actually met well. John met John Wayne Gacy. Met me um, when I was probably <laughs> like yeah, and I lived right, but when I was probably I don't know three or four. Oh Jesus! I remember my mom. Um, you know, she obviously was going through a divorce. One of her jobs was she kind of ran like a motor hotel um, right off of an interstate here, um, probably about an hour north of Chicago. And John Wayne Gacy like stayed the night there one time. And when he came in to pay the bill, he was like, uh, you know, hey, thanks a lot, and this and that. And he goes, oh, is that your son? And you know, my mom's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, what a what a cute little boy. Put his hand on my head, gave me that good old nug, right? And uh, oh, we're on and so that's your claim to fame, then? Dude, I just got fucking goosebumps, dude. That's crazy. That is yeah. fucking freaky, crazy. My mom that? tells that story. I'm like, God damn, man. He was a serial killer. In the Midwest. Yeah, so he, the Midwest. he was in the Midwest, and they unearthed. He wasn't like, BTK, was he? No. No. This guy, so this guy, they, they dug up between his basement and his backyard like 50 bodies of young boys. Yeah, oh. dude. Yeah, he, uh, he was a fucking weird. It's like Callie's basement. And um, <laughs> just kidding, that was a joke. That was a joke, people. She buries dogs down there. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's how she gets rid of her cats. <laughs> I don't ever get rid of my cats. Schmookums, <laughs> get off the couch. Schmookums four. Uh, where are we at? <laughs> Nowhere. Oh, Jesus, this thing. Where like are we going? Fast. Nowhere. Well, you know. Uh, I think that's good for anterior pelvic tilt. <laughs> Crushed oh, yeah. All you need is a fucking walnut. Yeah, walnut, and then we'll have we'll put together like a little drill book once we get everything uh, up and loaded on the on the new site. On the you new know, backup. I I use that a lot um, in the CrossFit classes. You know, like spread the earth, engage your glutes, keep them tight when you squat, and I can see that some people get it. And some just can't keep that engaged while they go through the squatting motion. Yeah, you got to teach it. There's like a disconnect like what you were talking about. Yeah, we have drills. I mean, we have a ton of drills for that stuff. So, I guess it's just, it, it seems easy for me, but, I mean, you know, sometimes I take this shit for granted and got to remember that if you're just starting out, you know, it might not be so easy. Yeah, for some people, it's like trying to teach them to throw lefty. You know, they're just uncoordinated. So, absolutely. All right. 
what else? Uh, that's going to put us right around 45 minutes. All right, let's see what we got in terms of maybe some questions. Uh, Adam says, thanks. Um, Ingo says, touche. And then uh, and Brian B., our shoulder guy, right? He had a shoulder issue, right, Kelly? Yeah. Um, he said that spin class is going well. <laughs> yeah. I made a joke to him a while ago about how he should just quit weightlifting and just take up spinning. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few people at our gym recently do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, the Wobornians. I think it's because uh, I think it's because it's a great way to meet chicks. Uh, Steve does spinning. I, that's what yeah, I'm that's saying. What yeah, Steve has been going to the spin. <laughs> have you have you, uh, have you guys? Do you do any of your clients, or do you guys uh, supplement with any of that like jazz class, or what? I mean, anything outside of the gym? Yoga. <laughs> yeah, I do yoga. We don't. Um, we don't offer that kind of stuff yet. Like we yoga are, or spin, we, or jazzercise. I mean, it's just CrossFit and the sports performance. We do. We have, well, we offer yoga uh, twice a month. It's pretty. It's pretty ball and intense, though. Yeah, yoga's tough. But yeah. I used to do some. What was it? Uh, Ashanti yoga. Was it Ashanti? No, Ashanti's a rap. Ashtanga. Ashtanga yoga, which yeah, I liked. We, yeah, because it was all about the positions, and what I liked yeah. was that all the positions were active, and it was kind of these really cool. So I, I found that one was most beneficial for me. Uh, a lot of the other stuff I thought was fucking useless. Yeah, that's what we do, Ashtanga. It's pretty. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Every yeah. every um every male in our gym that's tried it has ended up in a puddle of sweat sitting in child's pose because they couldn't go on. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's a it's a rough deal. All right, so what's but, up? Uh, and I got a couple questions are filtering in here. So uh, Adam Duggan chimes in again and just wants a quick update. Uh, one of our more popular posts, or John's post actually, about the bulking protocol. He says, "When is, when can we expect the parts three and four of the bulking protocol?" Mm, well, parts three and four are done, but we've been kind of holding off, waiting for the uh, the paid content. Mm -hmm. um, we. You know, occasionally I'll write some stuff, and Luke's like, "Dude, this stuff is uh, solid gold, so we need to hold off a little gold, bit." Gold, Jerry. Cool. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, those things will get launched when the new site probably gets launched, or when the new backend gets launched, and um, with it, we'll, you know, sample meals and really go through it and uh, show you guys how to kind of balance the macros and you know show kind of what we do and how to kind of skin it all together. So that's when that's coming. So, yeah, right around the corner, dude. Yeah, so, it'll be here. Patience is a virtue. And then a little, so I think this is kind of response, Kelly, fashion versus function. Yeah. Um, we got Phil is asking us, hey, what at what point is using knee wraps causing more harm than good? I'm doing linear progression and feel wobbly in my knees above 300 pounds. Uh, well, okay. the problem is is that we never want to use an, uh, knee wraps. I, no, I... I made this mistake when I was younger. Um, when I was 14 years old and we started squatting, at the point where I should have been milking the linear progression, um, we were doing singles, which was stupid. But we started using knee wraps. And the problem with the knee wrap, especially for a younger athlete that doesn't really have a ton of training time or tendon strength or muscularity or whatever, is the knee wraps become not a training aid, they become a training crutch. And the problem with knee wraps is they actually compress the kneecap and they drive the patella into um, uh, you know into that 
patella track, and um, they can cause a lot of problems, especially for younger athletes. Well, Phil, so, it's supposed to be hard. Your knee should be a little wobbly. Yeah. 300 is on the higher end of what you're squatting. And so, it's a 3x5. So, yeah, so it's a 3x5. So the problem is, is um, what I would say to you is I would not look at using knee wraps for the linear progression. Uh, I would use knee wraps more for an, a more advanced athlete, and I would do it farther down the line. So, I mean, if you're at the mm -hmm. point where you're thinking like, hey, I'm going to need, you know, the only way I'm going to continue this, this training or this linear progression is by using knee wraps, I think. Um, Maybe reset? Yeah, I, I would reset. And, uh, yeah, I would just start resetting it, and I'd keep trying to drive it up. I mean, what you're looking for is you're looking for your body to drive that natural adaptation if all of a sudden that crutch becomes part of the knee wrap. Um, mm -hmm. Do we use knee wraps that are more advanced athletes? Yes. Do we use them very often? No. And the reason being is I just think they're real hard on the knees. Well, and the other thing, too, is if you're – competing in weightlifting and knee wraps are a part of your ensemble and they're going to be a part of your testing sort of material, then you need to practice with yes. them and you need to use them in your well, training. Well, I mean, uh, Louis, uh, when the guys out at Westside, they, they squat knee wraps and they don't throw the knee wraps on until maybe two or three weeks before the competition and they don't mm -hmm. squat with them, but they also don't throw their suits on. Um, you know, they'll start taking some, some just some warm-ups and some testing with it as they get closer, but, you know, the problem is, is that you're those types of performance gear and those type of performance aids and uh, you know can be extremely hard on the body. I think uh, the the golden rule though is more so than not people are more inclined to go and lean on a training aid and that's kind of what's the uh, the point of the article is that you should it shouldn't be your first choice it shouldn't be like your instinct like oh the weight's getting heavy I'm breaking my posture a little bit let me throw on something that's going to put me in that position as opposed to having your body struggle through and find that proper posture um, or, you know, struggle with slightly wobbly knees or something in a three by five. So, um, you know, you just don't want it to be something that's putting you into a position. Um, and I think that that's more of the problem that we see with people who are, you know, breaking at their back. They're not, they're not assessing that as like a training issue. They're, they're sort of just saying, well, I've taken this as far as I can go. Let me add some external support. You know, and I mean, in our in our, I know there's a couple of athletes in our gym that are on linear progression that are relatively adapted athletes, I and mean, they've been lifting weights still, you know, for a couple of years. But Cali's made them strip off their equipment. They don't squat with belts anymore. Uh, they don't deadlift with belts. They don't use their wrist wraps on their pressing, and they're going through linear progression again. And they're getting stronger. They're getting stronger. And I mean, when they gear up and they put their belts on and their their wrist wraps on or whatever the heck they've been using, like. They're going to be even stronger. They feel like Superman. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, Phil got back to us and said he's old as hell, which, I don't know, even if you're old, we don't really evaluate it by chronological age. I'd ask you more, like, how long have you been lifting weights? So if you're an older athlete who's new to lifting weights, then the adaptation is just going to take a little bit longer. Uh, you're not going to be you're not going to be able to, to drive as accelerated adaptation as, let's say, a kid, but the rule still applies relative to training age. If you're relatively new to the linear progression, uh don't use those knee wraps. I mean, uh, just just kind of go to what your body can handle and be patient. And it takes uh, you know it takes a long time, but uh, you know, a good friend once told me you can't you can't rush good pizza. It takes time. <laughs> what? That's true. <laughs> that was Papa John. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? What's Papa John's? Oh, name? the gluten pusher. The gluten pusher is that what? Yeah, his? that's what I call it. Black Papa. market. Papa John. He doesn't look very Italian to me. <laughs> John, John. So yeah, Phil. I guess what I would what I would do, man, is just uh, try to ditch them. Try to try to ride it out. If your knees are achy from squatting, then it could be a whole different set of you know can of worms. But for anyone else out there with 
with that issue or with that question or that, that's attacking linear progression and gearing up uh, significantly, try to ditch it and just really strengthen the system. Um, it's about strengthening posture and position anyways. We're just kind of, it's the preparatory phase to when you really start to lift some serious weight. But, oh, guess what? The floater was announced. Oh, I'm going to just, I just vomited. Cerebro. Oh! What is it? Three-minute AMRAP assault bike. Oh! Got it. John Walborn is a genius for Luke AMRAP. Summers. He's a mind reader. Three-minute AMRAP. Oh! Ten thrusters, ten pull-ups. I'm going to skip that one. That's 45 pounds. Wow. Wait, uh, do we do this as a team? Then three-minute AMRAP. Air assault bike, then three minute AMRAP, ten thrusters. This 10 has points. to be a team thing, because there's no fucking way. It's just twelve minutes. No, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys catch that, Steve? Did you catch this? Uh, yeah, it sounds, sounds this? like something I've been doing. Uh, yeah, dude, that's been the training we've been testing. My gosh, that sounds like. And you said the weight's forty-five pounds. Yeah, it's with the bar. It's just for the the bar with men and women. That's just straight gut check right there. Stupid. <clears throat> Those That's thrusters. terrible. I mean, Luke, Luke, can you even do 10 pull-ups? I don't think so. And, hey, bro, <laughs> I told you that in confidence. Oh. <laughs> that was a confession, Father. This is a problem because um, I've been training 135-pound thrusters. Uh-oh. <laughs> For two. No. For two? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is, it's fine. Hey, we're fine. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. <clears throat> Anyway, so that's is that it for the questions? We got we did have one more come in, and uh, you know I'll uh, wait for John to get back. But Too late. Just what uh, what do you think the strategy is on that, that guy? Is this a team? My question is: Is it how does it get broken down? How's it get broken down? I bet down? you. So I, I feel like it's the same thing as. So last time we had uh, two minute AMRAP calories on the skier, and then two minute AMRAP snatch. Snatch. So what I think. Is, this has got to be a team one where one person does this, another person does that. You think so? And then Fuck one person yeah. resting? How many people are in your team? I, just, I feel like it would be they shoot you through the shoot. Okay, so you three, two, one, go. Partner one gets their first three minute AMRAP. On minute yeah. four, partner two backfills, and partner one goes to the let next me just, station. Let me just yeah. tell you what I'm saying is that I hope this is a team one. I, that's my. I'm, I'm just projecting my insecurity. Of just going to a pain cave for fucking however twelve minutes of this is. No, no, I think it's gonna be is it your four member team four three minute AMRAP? So probably each just do a three minute AMRAP, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because think about it, how long would it take? So this is the floater, right? How long? Yeah, would so that, you do a salt so bike we, and I do thrusters. Yeah, let's say we all went through the shoot, then that's gonna be twelve. That's still way too long. That's like twenty four minutes, that's, right? That's fourteen minutes. If even if we went, after, oh no, yeah, you're right, you're right. I don't know. I don't have the figures in front of me, but this sounds fucked up. So, Steve, if we, if all four of us went through the shoot and did four three-minute AMRAPs, that's ultimately going to be 24 minutes, right? I like right? you're asking Steve because he's Because he's, he's a professor. No. If uh, there's four three-minute AMRAPs, that's 12 minutes per athlete. But think four. about this. But it's through a shoot. So oh, I go through a shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's too long. I think it's going to be one I think it's way too long for, like, like yeah. Oh, Kelly starts. <clears throat> Kelly starts and then... When she's done, she like tags Luke. Luke starts, yes. and Luke tags whoever else is on your team. It's Copy gonna that. be three, it's gonna be three minutes of straight suck. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it would take forever to get seventy teams through that thing. Because so the thrusters and pull-ups are a joke, but you gotta just crush that bike. Good thing I've been having Luke do all this life. Yeah, Luke is all about I'll be, that. I'm all over that dude. 
Um, so one more question here, uh, John. This is from Tyler, and it's about, remember when we got caught in the wormhole about linear progression, about duration and optimal adaptation, mm -hmm. and how we just kind of put it all on the board and walked away when it got like way too complicated for us? Uh, so he said, uh, he's asking, at one point I thought I heard John mention that he was working on an article about how long a linear progression could be effective. What are the current thoughts about when it's more effective to jump off the linear progression? Now, in terms of it being effective, you could linear progress forever, right? It, could, it would work forever, but it won't be optimal forever. <clears throat> well, everything works. Not everything works forever is really the... The, the tagline we use at the seminar, and just because something works today doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. It's kind of like um, yeah, a class example is like, uh, let's say you're, and I, I'm going to use an analogy from some bodybuilding stuff. I remember when I was rapping with John Meadows a little bit, he was talking about getting people in shape for a contest, and he's like, you know, uh, as soon as something starts to work, like, you know, well, let's say we'll do some diet stuff, and then the minute that all of a sudden they get a big change, we change something immediately, and we keep changing it, and keep, keep chasing it, keep chasing it, because if you keep using the same stuff, you're running into problems. Uh, we do the same thing with some of the linear progression stuff. I mean, effectively what you're doing with linear progression is you're changing the adaptation by adding weight each time. We're keeping the reps constant, but we're increasing volume because you're adding weight to the bar each time. So, um, you know, you could probably get to the point where you could linear progress by ounces, but then yeah. are you really going to get the necessary desired effect? So um, we do continue to use linear progression. We just space it out. Instead of trying to go for, you know, add five pounds every week, you know, we'll break it up and it'll be every three weeks that we'll all of a sudden do a, a new 5RM and we'll start trying to push it that way. And we'll start kind of linear progressing the 5RM by effectively what we're doing is we're cutting down the volume. So the difference between the collegiate and the amateur, you know, obviously we're doing 30 reps a week, uh, you know, adding 10 pounds a week and totally uh, total. So we're, you know, adding, let's say, what's that, 300 pounds of, uh, of load each week. When we come back in the collegiate, we'll do the 5RM. And so we're actually going to do five reps at obviously a heavier, and then we're coming back a few days later and maybe doing some form of uh, some rep work, and then we're starting to kind of build it that way. So it's just a different way to attack it. Um, now, and you could also kind of lump who's on linear progression. Don't you think you could lump them into a couple like matrices? So let's say you have a 14-year-old kid who's never lifted weights. Yep. He's probably going to benefit in playing sports. He can linear progress till he's maybe almost 18 or 16, perhaps, between off-season and yeah, in-season I mean, in, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, like the problem is, is everybody wants a definitive answer, and the and the bigger issue is we're all unique organisms, and that you know I don't know what your stresses are, I don't know what your diet looks like, I don't know mm -hmm. if you're trying to gain weight, I don't know what your sports load looks like. Um, if you could contact me, you gave me all these things, I could probably pretty well guess exactly how far you're going to go, and based on your numbers and how things are getting, and uh, you know weight to strength ratio and what your training history, you kind of pull all these matrix together, you can start kind of understanding it a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we were working on, or the article that I, I, I wrote, or which I probably haven't even put out there yet, um, on the amateur progression, really fits within some of the neurological and the physiological effects of what we're doing with that intra and intermuscular coordination, and then obviously going and branching off between the hypertrophy and the central nervous system efficiency. So, um, you know, the amateur window is a very, very specific, very, uh, you know, fleeting thing. And the problem is, I think where people get into trouble is when they start kind of chasing it. 
Um, you know, if you all of a sudden say, hey, you know what, day one I'm coming in and I'm going to follow everything to the T, would it last 20, 24 weeks with resets? Maybe. You could probably string it out to maybe even seven or eight months. Um, the problem is, is how many people are willing to go in and put the grind in every single day consistently. for failures consistently. You know, we get people that are jumping in and out doing this and this and all of a sudden they go play a sport and they go do this and this. So um, we've seen uh, linear progression. You know, I think Nate didn't fail for something crazy. It was like 20 weeks he didn't mm -hmm. fail, and then when he failed, it was fucking epic. So um, it really depends on the individual, how dedicated you are. Also, you know, maybe some, um, you know, physiological factors. You know, how fast the central nervous system is wiring up. What extra stuff are you doing? Are you yeah. doing a lot of conditioning work? I mean, Nate didn't do any conditioning work. And um, I think what hurt him in the end was that he didn't have that conditioning base are you doing too much conditioning? I think there's a, pl a perfect blend, uh, and I really try to monitor it on CrossFit football where, you know, you're not doing too much. Um, you know, people constantly take off the Saturday workouts, which, you know, I, I program the Saturday workout merely as kind of a bonus, and, uh, you know, people want to do a Saturday, and I'd much rather have them do what's prescribed than me not post something and then have them go and do something stupid. So, uh, for the you know, people that are really trying to grind their linear progression, I probably just ditch the Saturday and take those two, two rest and recovery days. That way you have a squat Monday, you take two days, uh, squat Thursday, train Friday, take two days, and then you're back into it. So I think there's a great um, kind of blending between being able to do enough work to keep driving the adaptation, but not so much that you're negatively affecting the conditioning. Or, or I'm sorry, the conditioning is negatively affecting your strength gains. Because you can't serve two masters. Um, you know, Historically, you couldn't serve two masters. It seems interesting now in the CrossFit world that you know, these guys are extremely well-conditioned athletes, and they're all fucking super strong. So um, CrossFit's rewriting some of this stuff, but you also have to remember that the guys that are at the pinnacle of CrossFit are also highly trained, advanced athletes. Mm -hmm. These are not beginning athletes. Uh, so you have to kind of temper that stuff. And then, you know, in terms of de evaluating effectiveness and optimal approach, you know, there's the end goal in play as well. Now, what if a guy came to you and like, hey, dude, I just want to, I want my strength work to take 20 minutes, and I just want to add a little more weight to the bar every week or every other week. I'm not training for anything critical. Then do linear progression. But, like, when we, the the automatic looking glass that we assume, uh, so I don't know exactly what Tyler's training for, but is, like, optimal performance and accelerated adaptation. Like, you were trying to get you the best position, strengthen it as quickly as possible, and continue to progress your lifts as quickly as possible. So with that in mind, I mean, that's something to, to build some context and put a fence around a lot of what John was saying. So I think we murdered that one, didn't we? Big time. John Wayne Gacy did. Buried <laughs> it in the basement with 30 bodies. Did. All right, John's got to go back to the, the job Yeah, I got to roll. Thanks, guys. See you, John. Thanks, John. See you, Chief. See you. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. What else What else we got? John, you got anything cooking for well food or anything? Any specials we need to know about? No, we just want some new shopping cart. Um, Any new products? Uh, yeah, the, um, the certified 100% grass-fed jerky is coming. Nice. That was just... Yeah, it's fucking really good. Um, so there, there's your well food co-update. Uh, what else do we got, Kelly? Uh, we got certs coming up. If you are certs. listening, people, if you're listening and you're in Buford, Georgia, you can le you can meet the amazing, the talented, 
the C-list celebrity, CrossFit celebrity, Steve Playtech in person. <laughs> nice. Because he is hosting a CrossFit football trainer center and will be attending. That is correct. Uh, Callie and Tex are going to be running that one. They're going to put on the show, the East Coast show. And uh, so get out there. you got to sign up. That's March 1st and 2nd. Uh, this weekend we have Katy, Texas. Space is limited. We only have two or three spots left. So if you were planning on procrastinating in Katy, uh, you got to get signed up ASAP. Get your tractor to Katy, Texas. And then uh, after Buford, we're heading to Arizona. That's March 8th and 9th. That's going to be with our boy Jake over at Tribal CrossFit. And then we're going to the Paris of the Midwest, Aurora, Illinois, to visit the Unk and my home gym uh, at CrossFit Naperville. So those are our upcoming seminars. Get signed up. If you have any questions on that stuff, uh, you know, hit us up, seminars at CrossFitFootball.com. Um, keep your eyes peeled for the, for the premium site. That's literally right around the corner. Literally. Uh, can I ask you guys a question? We haven't talked anything about um, Power Athlete Team Series. Is uh, What's happening with that? Power Athlete Team Series is coming together. Uh, unfortunately, the attention is going towards the Huntington Beach one right now, the Badges for Life. Our goal for the Power Athlete Team Series is, uh, is not to have a string of, I guess you would call it a series. So in terms of planning, it takes a lot less preparation because we have scoped out some locations that we will be conducting the Power Athlete Team Series from uh, simultaneously. So it'll be done on the exact same weekend in all of these locations. So there's about five cities in, where this, in which this is going to occur, and uh, it's going to be towards the end of September. Um, so we're just finalizing some dates. It's in the future. Um, unfortunately, with the new site and the kind of the new material going up, our focus has been on that, and with it just mainly being a handful of us here, like Luke, myself, and Tex, um, the attention has not been on the series. It's going to be easier, logistical to put it together, uh, but uh, much bigger in terms of its reach, I guess you could say. The, uh, the brilliance, at least for anyone who runs throwdowns or competitions, I mean... Simplicity is, is fucking king. Yeah, um, and, and the biggest thing, too, like... Uh, safety as well, and I know we've harped over this, but like uh, making sure that the <laughs> that the judges are briefed on, on on safety and how to maintain a safe area. So they're not in charge of helping the athlete do anything, but they are in charge of their area. Like, and then picking a, a set of movements that are challenging, representative of the overall goal, and then uh, programming something that is going to be obtainable, but also that those who are crushing it. Um, represent the true power athlete. You know what I mean? Like we're not just trying to see who the fittest people are. We're trying to see who you know whose training best prepares them for feats that uh, require a bit of athleticism. You know. So, but in in doing all that, we know that it's pretty simple criteria. Make it simpler on our end, and it'll get even bigger with uh, with with each iteration. Yeah, we've had a lot of people reach out wanting to host, and I've gotten back to all of them. And pretty much said the same thing, you know, we we're vetting a few locations in a few, a handful of cities. And, uh, um, you know, right now we have, I have a very specific vision for how the whole thing's going to go down. And, um, you know, I have those people's information, but uh, 
ultimately it's it, it's looking like it's going to be a just a, a weekend thing with a uh, a championship to follow um, in Vegas at uh, CrossFit Max Effort. Vegas. So um, so that's I mean that's to simplify it a little bit. Uh, obviously, it makes a little more logistical sense for us, but it also um, you know this is a whole nother conversation for a whole nother uh, uh, podcast, but you know, it's really hard when you're competing with some big name competitions that have a tendency to kind of monopolize like the entire summer, <laughs> but yeah. one day will be that competition. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. What awesome, else boys? guys? Is that it? I think that's it. You know, we got, uh, we got some updates for the next show. We're going to talk a little bit Ultimate Frisbee. We had a submission on somebody asking about some templates for the Ultimate Frisbee. Keep coming in with uh, the comments and the reviews on iTunes for oh, Power yeah, Athlete I went, Radio. I went through those. Uh, th thanks to everybody who's given us a review and, and also taking the time to write a little little blurb. Uh, but, yeah, get in there. Take a couple minutes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, and uh, it, again, if there's anything you know you wish we could do, put it in put it in the suggestion box. It's the uh, garbage can next to your fucking computer. Just Pod kidding. Podcasts are the wave of the future. I'm obsessed with them, and uh, so please give us some feedback because I'm my one of my, our personal goals. My personal goal is that we can be nominated for some sort of like within the category of uh, fitness or um, sports mm -hmm. to be nominated for um, an. Uh, a prize next year for an award for you know most entertaining or informative and there's a lot there's a lot of uh, kind of competitions like that out there so hey guys 800 plus subscribers what that's legit, yep. that's legit. yeah 800 plus subscribers we get about 4,000 uh, 4,000 listens I yeah podcast I have 600 of those email accounts but <laughs> it was worth it <laughs> nice so we're almost we're almost real deal power athlete turns one year old uh, Power Athlete Radio is All almost a year up. old. I mean, what? We're a couple months will be our first show, right? We'll have to look that up. Big time. Maybe, maybe on the year show, we all get fucking drunk. And let's get some more comments <laughs> on. So on, that'd be like a normal show for naked. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> let's get more yeah. comments on anything posted to the Power Athlete site. Articles, oh, you want more comments? videos. Listen, you just wait. That the. the Dude, I'm telling you, like, uh, we, we have the solution. When, once you guys test this out this week, I want you, like, the opportunity for interaction is is going to be huge, and we're actually going to start channeling a lot of the content we see on CrossFit Football is going to have a home on Power Athlete, right? Nice. I mean, really, CrossFit Football, we want to see your results. Uh, you got some questions about the WOD. Yeah, maybe the comments is the right place, but um, I want to try and keep that for tracking results and people uh, can see what other people are doing. And then we're going to have a whole social network on Power Athlete HQ uh, where you're going to be able to, you know, bullshit about un anything under the sun, uh, mostly training related, but obviously there's that corner for uh, the people who want to talk about chicks or whatever. People talk about these. Or <laughs> get a cool. shirt, autograph or, shirt. Or dudes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Callie's Corner. We have Callie's Corner. corner. Yeah. Callie's Corner will be do talk and shipments for signed shirts. Yep. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so. Well, boys, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we got to go. We got training to do. Go yeah. to John's. Maybe we should get that assault bike from John's house. Assault! Did someone say assault? <laughs> How does the assault bike compare to the Airdyne? 
Uh, it's a it's lower, way easier. It's a lower power curve. Oh, wow. So you actually... I was wondering uh, about that. Is it the same so, thing or... No, so it's... um. So on, let's say your Airdyne, your Schwinn comp series. Every yeah, it's, you get. Uh, I mean, you go thirty seconds as hard as you can. You're gonna get maybe uh, what is it, ten or fifteen calories. Um, but if you go thirty seconds as hard as you can on the assault bike, you're gonna walk away with eight to twelve. You know what I mean? So it's a lower power curve, so you're gonna get less calories. But I mean, still, it fucking blows. Depends dude. how fast yeah. you are. Luke? You know, so you get to use your you you get your arms, your push pull, your legs. Uh, it's uh, train driven. You chain get uh, driven, your arms. You get to use your legs. Chain uh, driven, not belt driven. So, so a lot of the other airlines are belt driven. Uh, the pedals are a little sturdier. It's little like bigger. it's Jesus's bike. If Jesus rode an airline, it would be the oh, assault bike. It's a fucking we love those guys, and those guys are legit too. So, and hey, if you own an affiliate and you don't have a, an assault bike, go get one. Are you out of your mind? There's it's. It, there's no replacement for it, really. And, you know, Playtech, just bring your old raggedy-ass Airdyne to the bike shop and have them fix that pedal. Yeah, we just bought one. Oh, uh, did you? We bought one off of Craigslist for 150 bucks. Dude, can't I, go wrong. I'm telling you. I was going to get one for the house, and my one of my coaches bought it for the gym, little fucker. <laughs> but uh, and even even those things, I mean, they need some servicing, but a lot of the service parts you get online for cheap. I know we, we replaced a bunch of stuff on ours for like 40 bucks. Oh, nice. um, and right. basically rebuilt it so you don't have to go through the whole trouble of finding a new one. But uh, anyways, okay, that was my there's my bro fest for the assault bike. Nice, cool. nice, cool. All right, boys, let's call it a, let's wrap, let's call it a wrap. Wrap it. Let's, That's it. Say that. That's a wrap. Forty four done. All right. Take care, boys. See you. Talk to you next week. All see you guys. All right. See you in hell. See you guys.